Hello, people. Welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. I hope you're very, very well. This is episode 60 and features Tracy Wise, who is the founder of Safe Gigs for Women. Um, they are a not-for-profit organisation who work with all aspects of the music industry to raise awareness of good practices um, and ways for venues and festivals and performance spaces to um, be safe spaces for women. Now, this was a, a really interesting conversation for me. Um, and As a man, I, my only safety consideration going to gigs or festivals or, or the like um, is generally, you know, how close to the pit do I want to get? In the times that we live in, where the basic rights of you know equality and respect should be a given to anyone, it's absolutely horrendous to think that services like this are are even needed. Tracy was great to speak to. Um, she gave a brilliant insight into how Safe Gigs for Women came about, um, her own journey as a as a music lover, and, and, and kind of what led to this. Um, also the people that have really stepped up to help spread the word um, and the services that are available to people. Now, w without just rehashing the whole conversation, um, after having some time to, I guess, reflect on this, um, her comments, she made a comment um, about artists that own their mosh pit. Um, and it really stuck with me. Now, uh, Frank Turner, I think, was the example here. Um, but there are other musicians that have that have really stepped up here um sam carter i think it is from architects um and, and others a uh, drake i think is another one um they've been highlighted as you know calling out publicly members of their audience after seeing a whole range of kind of abhorrent behavior um and whilst i think that it's great that these instances are brought into the, the public eye um it really does spark the question that for me could artists be doing more to ensure that you know these acts don't even don't even happen rather than having to react after the event i mean i I'd, I'd absolutely love to see some public service announcements you know at festivals in between in between the actual acts by the headline acts speaking about this um you know giving a clear message that abuse is not tolerated um and you know when bands are promoting their vip ticket upgrades and sound check passes I don't see any any videos talking about how the gigs, their gigs, are safe spaces for everyone um, and that any form of abusive behaviour will not be tolerated. That's That seems to be the logical step for me, but just my thought. Um, I'll stop now. I'll let you form your own thoughts um, on what should be done to support this cause or eradicate the need for it. Um, and I hope you enjoy this. Um, this is episode 60 with Tracy Wise of Safe Gigs for Women. So I'm here at Slam Dunk Festival with Tracy from Sla uh, Safe Gigs for Women, which when I first heard about it, I thought, and I, hopefully this is the thought of many people, is why on earth is that even a thing? And, and what, what on earth is it? And then the more I read about it, um, the more shocking it became. Um, before we kind of get into that, um, I'd like to kind of understand a bit about your musical journey throughout your life and how oh you gosh. kind of came to be. <laughs> so let's start. What was your first gig? 
oh god there's two answers I could give you I could give the embarrassing one or which is the truthful one or the less <laughs> embarrassing one so my first gig was Kylie Minogue and I was about eight okay I my, think that's gone full circle now and that's pretty cool again <laughs> that is pretty so. cool again but actually my first proper grown up gig was a gig in Hyde Park where the Who did Quadrophenia there was Alanis Morissette wow um, and Bob Dylan yeah, what? my mum took me to that. That was pretty cool. Oh, just Bob Dylan, just took out of the Dylan. end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge Bob Dylan fan, controversially. Okay. Um, so I wasn't that excited by that, but the Who doing Quadrophenia, that was pretty yeah, exciting. Yeah. Uh, Britpop had just become a thing, so it was kind of. So we're talking like 95? Um, yeah, 96? I was about 14, so about 95, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Wow, okay, yeah, that was, that's yeah. massive. So, yeah, blown Oasis were in their, their peak. Yeah, so um, the Who had sort of just chosen the right time to redo Quadrophenia, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Did and did they manage to get Phil Daniels with them? They did. He narrated the whole story the oh, whole way through. Yes. So yeah, he did. Um, some slightly less uh, dubious, that looks uh, slightly more dubious characters. I think Gary Glitter played oh, one of the characters. Oh. This is how long ago it was. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Before, uh, he, back when um, that was okay. <laughs> back when that was okay. Yeah, that's showing my age, I guess. But yeah. Wow, okay, and how were they? What was so well let's start with Kylie, we're gonna have to. So what's your memory of that and how was that? It was my eighth birthday and it was in a, a venue that doesn't even exist now, but it was very cool and uh, Where was that? It was at the London Arena, which hasn't existed since they yeah, built okay. the O2. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't have many memories of it apart from ah, it's my eighth birthday and that's really cool. Did it make so, your world that at that particular point? It must have done because <laughs> I, I remember then going to see Jason Donovan not long after. Okay, so, yeah. excellent. <laughs> Just to collect the full neighbour set. Oh yeah, set. you know, have the yeah, whole yeah. set. Yeah. <laughs> and have you have you since seen like Natalie and Brulier as well? Can we tick those? No, okay. I haven't sort of carried on to collect <laughs> the neighbours cast members that can sing. No. Okay, that, that's fine. Good to know. Good to know. Okay, so. In terms of other things, I've noticed, I've done extensive reading of you, of the website. Um, Frank Turner is a, a very prominent feature amongst a lot of people yes. that are involved. Um, is that a coincidence, or do you think that's the type of person that you've... Um... Um, so we approached him firstly around 2016-ish, I believe, and then... I did some very early work with the Safe Gigs Women Project when it first became a thing with some other bands, no, with other label mates of his. And it was from there that I realised that we could take Safe Gigs Women out and he was just about to tour. So I approached him, he said it's, that we could join him and it worked from there. And since then, he's just been one of our biggest advocates. We certainly wouldn't be in the position that we are without him. But he just, he gets it. You know, we're at Slam Dunk today, which is a very identified scene. It shouldn't be that bands and artists are associated with bad behaviour in their crowds. So having someone like Frank who stands on stage and makes the statements that he does and actually owns his mosh pit, uses his social media and everything to really spread the message that he won't tolerate in that, that crowd has been such a, an amazing thing for us because it has really helped us out. But if you, you know, for me, if you're in a scene like we're seeing today at Slam Dunk and you believe it, it wholeheartedly in what that stands for, we shouldn't be associating that kind of music or that kind of scene with this kind of behaviour. And it's even more frustrating when it does happen. And that's why we're here today. It's why we approached people like Frank in the past because they have a very identified sort of fan group around them. 
who listen to them as well. You know, yeah. especially Frank, you find that his followers, um, and not to take anything away from any of them, I definitely include myself as one, um, yeah. but they, they will hang on his every word. Yes. And, and they will take his word as gospel a lot yes. of the time. They do have a uh, phrase, it's, we're not a cult. Take, take from that what you will. That's exactly what a cult would say. <laughs> but he does have a very, very dedicated fan base. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing. And I think the first time that I saw um, saw the, the Safe Gigs for Women t-shirt, he was yeah. wearing one in Leeds um, on a tour. And that was, pro- that was probably 2017, I'm going I'm yeah. to say. And he, um, yeah, he did make a... A very eloquent, uh, you know, you wouldn't expect anything less. No. Uh, eloquent, poignant, uh, and and stirring speech um, about the work that, that you guys do, and yeah. and and how ridiculous it is that, that it's even needed. Um, yeah. So how did it how did it come about then? So um, Kylie Minogue first embarrassing gigs aside, I'm a huge uh, <laughs> huge music fan. I think I got lucky I just about caught the end of grunge in the beginning of Britpop and music was massively exciting I've spent much 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 money and time <laughs> traveling Europe and states actually seeing bands so when I went and saw my favorite band doing a seminal album show in 2015 I spent a lot of money on that gig and to be assorted at the end of the night I was just so frustrated that why can't I go to a gig on my own as a woman and not have to worry in the same way same way that, that men do mm. I've spent money on that gig I should have the right to wear what I want have a drink if I want have exactly the same fun as the guys do but also not come away from that event like I did in tears that if yeah. music means that much to you why should I just have to accept that that's going to be taken away from me so that's purely why we exist because I think for those that music means everything it means everything and to have it tainted by such an awful situation mm. just I, I couldn't. I couldn't just let it sit anymore. I had to. Had to do something. I never expected it to become what it has. It was supposed to be. It was a blog. It was, did it start? I wrote through, a, blog. a blog. Yeah, I wrote a blog. Experience. Just in pure frustration the next morning, and then that turned into a Twitter project. And very quickly, people were like, "Yeah, this really is a thing." We were getting emails saying, "Yeah, I won't go to certain types of gigs anymore because of things that have happened to me in those oh, gigs." No. We had emails telling us about spiking in um, events in the States and things like that. So it very quickly became clear that people wanted more than just a Twitter account where people could report anonymously. Um, So from there, we've gone from working with bands and artists and venues to festivals, hence why we're here today. Yeah, amazing. And quite rightly i'm absolutely chuffed that you are that you're here and that slam dunk yeah. behind it um and i've seen i've seen you kind of on social media pop up over the over the last i mean not not the last two years so much but yeah. <laughs> prior to that and since then other big festivals kind of getting involved as well yeah i mean we went from really struggling to get support and then i think in 2018 that was really the the turning point in 2018 there was a survey done by um, the Press Association with YouGov which actually questioned festival goers about their experiences and it found that 4 in 10 women under the age of 25 had gone to a festival and experienced some form of unwanted sexual attention and that varied from forceful dancing up to and including rape 2% of people who responded to that survey in that age group said that they had been raped at a festival 
Now, I don't want to associate my music events with that kind of thing. So in 2018, having those, those statistics, it changed everything. Yeah. And from 2018, we've started a partnership with um, Festival Republic, and we're okay. really happy to say we'll be back at That's quite a lot Leeds of their festivals. Reading, we'll be at Reading and Leeds, and Red, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be back at Leeds and Reading this year. We'll be at Download next week, for example. Amazing. So we're going to be back with them, not at everything, but a lot of their events this year. So brilliant and that that's amazing that so they should get involved and yeah. support you and raise the uh, the kind of profile until yeah. you're not needed anymore um, yeah. I, I mean, guess that's the aim i mean for us a big organization like festival republic has twitter followers in their hundreds of thousands we have twelve thousand followers on twitter which for us is amazing yeah. but it's not going to have the same reach as actually having someone like festival republic who run some of the biggest festivals in this country saying actually don't come to this festival if you're going to behave this way we support this ideal and try and change that narrative before the event even starts yeah absolutely and good so in terms of the the work that you you're doing here yeah obviously you're uh, at the kind of Entrance, the, yeah, the pre-entrance, the, yeah. the mid-entrance, the kind of like the porch yes. of the festival. <laughs> um, how, how how's the reception been for you guys today? It's been great. We've had a mixture of people who've already heard of us and people who haven't heard of us. We've yeah. had a few solo female gig goers come up to us and went, "I thought I'd take a risk and come on my own," and this is fantastic to see that this sort of project is here. But for me, some of the best interactions we get is when men come to us and say, we support what you're doing, um, we, what can we do? Because the way that we operate, we use something called bystander theory, which allows people to take a positive, uh, to, to work in a positive way to overturn something that's, that's not a good situation. Yeah. And actually, the more men we can get on board to do that, the more men that we can get on board to help us with that, the hopefully longer term impact it has. Because statistics show that men do overestimate other men's negative opinions about women and sex. So okay. the more that men call out their friends and people around them with for their their behaviour, then the, hopefully the longer term impact we can have. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's something that I'm hearing more and more is you know, the yeah the way to attack and and to resolve any issues like this, like 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 rape or attacks on women in general, is yeah. is not to educate women on how to be safer so much. It's to educate men and and people that are acting inappropriately yeah, on what their behaviour is doing. And yeah, I mean, the more we continue the narratives that says women should be protected, the more we, the more it's like, well, they're vulnerable and we can do something whatever we want to them because they are that way. The, yeah. the approach that we take on by, for a thing called bystander theory, which has really been taken up by a lot of universities in America where they've got problems with fraternity and sorority houses and um, the jock scenes and stuff like that, shows that if you actually take the approach that we're taking, which does put a positive, uh, turn a, pos- a negative into a positive, sorry, yeah. you're actually having more of an impact than the universities that say, don't go down that road, don't drink, don't wear that skirt. So the systems yeah. are showing that this is a much better approach. Good. And, and how are you finding that that is kind of being received by the public? Um, so so far, so good. I mean, this is our first big event back since COVID. Um, but so yeah. far, the conversations we're having are all positive. More people, I think, are becoming aware of bystander theory. And I think it's it, it, the reason it is so well received is because you're actually putting the power in that person's hands rather than saying, well, only authorities can deal with that or it can only be dealt with once it's been an incident. It's actually um, preventative rather than 
waiting until the last minute to do something. It's trying yeah. to stop a bad thing arise before it even occurs. Absolutely. Amazing. And the, the I guess the, the support that you've got in terms of how your, I don't want to say stuff, but I mean the, the people that, that actively work with you and go to yeah. the events and stuff. How has that grown and, and, and developed over the years? So we're a completely voluntary service. Uh, even myself, who founded the thing, I still volunteer. I still work full time as well as this. Uh, so since COVID was no longer so much of a concern, we've probably recruited 50 new volunteers this year so that we do have the, the greater reach that we can have over festival season. Um, we've got volunteers in Scotland, volunteers in Wales as well. So we have a... We are slowly getting out to everywhere. Still slightly not so good in the northeast, but we're mm-hmm. going to try and look at that after festival season. Yeah. So the more volunteers we can get, the better, because obviously the more work we do, the more it feeds. And as much as I would love to be in Leeds on a Thursday night, I can't. So yeah. Also, I don't know that scene. That's not where I live. So the more we get local people involved who know their venues, know their bands, the better it is for that area as well, because they know how they can fit this project into that area. Yeah. Absolutely, and hopefully, you know, Slam Dunk as a as a brand, as a festival, yeah. as the, the gigs that they put on, um, the club night that they have, that it all kind of grew from. You know, hopefully, the people that you're going to see today and the people that are going to see you today will kind yeah. of take the take the messages on to all of those because they have such a big presence in Leeds. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they run most of the alternative scene. It's like they are the godfathers of it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully, it's it's going to have that impact and. If you can get yeah. into those local scenes like that, like you said, hopefully that'll have a, a bigger impact. Yeah, I mean, we'll be down at the ha- uh, Slam Dunk South tomorrow as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for me as well, it's, it's such a crucial scene to get involved because, you know, the, the scene around Slam Dunk has such a unique personality, it's such a unique identity. And for me, it's the, exactly mm-hmm. the kind of scene that should be taking on the message that we have. Yeah. Um, and this is why it's fantastic for us to be there. And, you know, the stuff that we've spoken to today, the interactions we've had on email, social media, everyone's been behind it ever since the first time we were able to come here in 2019. Okay. So we're hoping this will be a long-term partnership. Yeah, I hope I hope so. You know, the, yeah. all my experiences with Slam Dunk and everybody that affiliated and associated with them has always been incredibly positive about all forms of inclusivity and, and yeah. such so hopefully yeah long may that continue in the nicest way until it's not needed yes <laughs> and then yeah yes. Leeds so Leeds Festival uh, yeah. I'm focusing on Yorkshire specifically here <laughs> so yeah Leeds Festival as well it's obviously that's a massive audience to get to that is a massive audience slightly less than Reading we were in yeah. Leeds 2018 it was the first time we ever came to Leeds yeah it's a young audience and I think one of the biggest frustrations I have in the work that we do is seeing how the lack of um, conversations that kids have had in, in schools and stuff like that about what appropriate behaviour is to people they fancy or members of the opposite sex or even members of their own sex. If you fancy them, it's, it, there's still a way to behave and we've just never had those conversations. So actually being at Reading and Leeds is, is massively important because it's a quite often uh, a group of kids going off to festivals for the first time at least it isn't Reading I've no idea if that's okay. how it is at least um, I'm assuming it's the same yeah but, yeah it's it's a massively important group to be working with because I remember what it's like to go to my first festival so let's not have a whole new generation of kids going to the first festival completely unprepared or not knowing 
that there are people out there at festivals who can help, who do want to have the conversations with them that they may not have been able to have elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's an element of that for, like you say, the audience is a lot younger yeah. at, at those festivals. And and I guess on a from a from a parent's perspective, the fact that they're, they're, your presence is, is going to be there, that's a, yeah. got to be some form of comforting. And I guess maybe reaching out to parents as well would is kind of a, could have an impact. Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting in the time since we started the, seeing how much more festivals are taking. Um, measures to protect welfare and things like that so you've got the welfare services that are at most festivals but also seeing things like mental health services like the Samaritans that you have at a lot of festivals yeah. now Brooke who are a sexual health charity which are going to be at Leeds as well this year so how much more festivals are taking responsibility for these things mm. and are seeing it as um, not as something annoying but something that they really can do and they, they can do well because it is a space where people can express themselves outside of school outside of families it's quite often the first sort of taste of freedom a lot of kids have yeah. so just put people in there that can help these kids have fun but do it in possibly a better way than they would have done maybe 10 years ago yeah absolutely I'm my first festival experience was a was Glastonbury um I was 16 um so that was you know that was a big road trip in itself on yeah. a bus from Middlesbrough which took forever um but I remember I remember going there and Obviously, Glastonbury's festival is not just about the music. Nice. There's so many other elements to it, but there was there were those things, you know. The um, I guess like that Harry Krishna tents were kind of infamous for for various different <laughs> people, for just people going and go. I'm just going to not take any food, but I'm just going to go and chill out there for a bit <laughs> and just eat for free and and things yeah. like that. But Samaritans was a huge presence there, and that that was 1999. Yeah, and. Yeah, to have, to have that particular festival be, festival be so much about the kind of people's well-being yeah. and, and things, it's taken a while for the festivals to catch up. It has, but I think back to my own festival experiences, and I sometimes think if I'd gone to Glastonbury as my first festival, would I have kept going? It's so big. And yeah. I, I know that we've had conversations at Reading uh, where we've had kids come up to us going, I did not know it was going to be like this. I did not know my tent was going to be that close to a stranger's tent and I didn't know there wasn't going to be showers and <laughs> quite often they just need a friendly face to just sit and pick it all over and actually talk to them about how you do need to look out for your mates and things like that but actually do so, it with so some, actually just how to survive a how festival to survive a festival they can be completely overwhelming and I, I think we forget that sometimes but they can also be some of the best days of your life I know some of the best times I've had have been at festivals so I think it's for me, just being able to try pay even just a tiny part in trying to make it better for those mm. who are buying festival tickets, getting out to events and keeping music going, especially yeah. after the last two years, is just an amazing thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, I heard a lot of people talk about how, and I don't know quite how because it's always been huge for me, but how people have potentially underestimated how important music and live events and, and yeah. live art is in their lives for the mental health for yeah. socializing and just for being able to express themselves as well even not even not as performers just as audience members yeah. um, and to, ha to think that people may have to second guess whether they're going to go to that for fear of their own safety uh, is appalling yeah I mean I find this I always find this kind of conversation really interesting 
because I have a brother. He does not get music. He thinks I'm very odd for what I do. He doesn't get. When so I he doesn't stand. understand. Doesn't get music. No, he really doesn't. He's got a few things that he likes, but he's just very bizarre considering we're very close in age but he just does not get it if I brought him here for the weekends he'd be like whoa no fucking way what so what, just as a subtract <laughs> so what, what does he have in its place football okay okay there's still, a, pa- there's still a pack and a, still, an yeah, identification yeah, yeah. there's still that okay. but when I uh, so when when lockdown finished and we were able to come back with friends I remember being in Camden last year with some of my best mates and just talking and they're all friends that I've gone to gigs with they're all friends that I've gone to festivals with they're all friends um, please don't hate me for this Nikki and Lauren they got married a couple of weeks ago and Rob Zombie was their, f- their first chance that's how like music has shaped he, he was no 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 a Rob Zombie track oh right <laughs> <laughs> no no they wow. didn't like pay for Rob Zombie to come over no Rob Zombie was their first but it was their first dance. But amazing. That's, that's still that, amazing. That's the impact yeah. that music has had on their life. And being not able to see my friends for the last two years and not having that link was just awful. And actually yeah. being back in Camden, being back in the Black Heart last year, mm. being with my mates, being able to talk about these things again was just so much... It just does so much good for my mental health. And if I didn't have that, I don't know what I would do. So... Yeah. Yeah, we do have to see festivals and we do have to see venues as being that important for some people that if you find your friends through music, that can be a beautiful yeah. thing. And I think it needs to be there for people. We just need to make it... We just need to tidy it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So so what's next then for, for Safe Gigs for Women and, and what's next for you in terms of your musical journey? <laughs> Uh, so festival season it's literally all about festival season so this weekend we've got people out in Cardiff we've got people out in Liverpool and we have teams down at the massive uh, Liam Gallagher show oh yeah Nebworth which is huge because that's not really an audience we've ever connected before but we realise that that's an audience we really really need to talk just, to without, without wanting to stereotype I know I was a, I was a big Oasis fan at the time yeah. I'd say that, that yeah if you could yeah. cor- if you could corner that market that's, that's we have yeah. to, we have to be that's an audience we have to be at and then we'll be at download from next week once festival season's over it's all about recruitment again and getting back to even more volunteers so we can have an even bigger festival season next year yeah um we love working with bands and artists that for us is how we get our message out the rest of the year but festivals where we really can talk to thousands and thousands of people potentially over weekends really gives us a much bigger chance to try and encourage the kind of things that we want to see I mean particularly if you look at somewhere where some of the festivals that we work with that we use things like video screens and they put our messages out on the video screens and that's a reach that we never probably thought was possible in 2015 wow. so yeah, yeah. That's amazing, and they, they do have such an impact, especially yeah. on the on younger crowds. Um, and I hate myself for saying this because it makes me feel old. But yeah, I remember you know you you find you position yourself in a crowd, and you're going to be there for the next five bands because there's a band that you want to see in four hours. Yeah, and you will watch those same adverts on the screen. I still remember. Enter Shikari have a new album out coming, and we're talking twelve years ago. Uh, and also Anvil, the story of Anvil. 
is, was also coming out. <laughs> and, uh, so to include to include your images on that would would, would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, I have vague recollections of uh, Muse's first album from Red in two thousand, playing endlessly. Showbiz on uh, the Red in yeah, screen. Yeah. So yeah, to be able to actually have our message up there, why we're on site, where we can be found, and stuff like that—it's—it's it's a reach that we just would yeah. never get any other way. Amazing. And is there, are there any artists that you would love to work with? Who, who's your dream artist that you could kind of oh, get on board? <laughs> someone else asked me that the other day. Because I'm sure they listen, and after this, they'll be straight <laughs> on the phone. I, someone else asked me this the other day. So there's always the, the bands that you think really really would fit in well with our message so uh, one band that we've done a lot with over the last few years is Idols oh okay um, yeah you know they're a perfect fit for us um, I you know would love to be with working with a lot more bands sort of from that scene so Yard Act who I know uh, yeah, again yeah. local um, yeah yeah uh, We'd love to work with them because they also recently put out a message about something that happened at one of their shows yeah, and it's very much in that. keeping with what we stand for. Um, but on a really selfish note, I'm going to have to say Manic Street Preachers. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's my, they're, they're my band. They're the band yeah. that I saw when I was assaulted. Um, so, yeah, that would be I amazing. can imagine Mickey being on board. Very, I'm sure the others will as well. I'm sure James and such will be. But well, yeah. I can, he, he was at... He was. A, they were one of the headliners at Glastonbury '99, yeah. um, and I just remember everybody skip Mickey skip. Yes, yeah, If you could get it, if you could get the the low, the safe gig swimming logo <laughs> on a dress and get him back out there and a tattoo that he could wear on his face. Yeah. That'd be good. No, for me, I mean that was even more what was frustrating because if you know the Manics back yeah. history, like I do, um, you know they're not a band that would tolerate what happened to me in their mosh pit they were so against that they were singing about that in the 1990s I was going to say the borderline sung you know? they've got they've sung that lyric <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that that happened in their, their audience was even more frustrating yeah. and yeah and if it can happen there it can happen anywhere that, yeah that, exactly I guess. exactly yeah, okay. yeah well hopefully I look forward to seeing uh, yeah the tattoo on Mickey's face <laughs> and the logo on the dress Please tell your brother that music can also be enjoyed as well as football. <laughs> uh, you know, I I enjoy football too, but um, well, yeah, you can have both. I think he's terrified. I'm probably going to bring my almost twelve-year-old uh, nephew to something like this one day, and I think that's why he's like, no, 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 no. Not only could you, but you should. <laughs> so I that's to, yes. that's an absolute <laughs> must, absolute must. Well, thanks cool. very much. I know you've had a, a very busy day, and that's really great. appreciate your time. Um, and yeah, I hope to catch up with you uh, at Leeds and such. And yes, yeah, thank thanks you. very much. Take care, darling. Thank Cheers. You. Bye. There it is. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I hope it gave you some insight into the great work that Safe Gigs for Women do. Um, if you'd like to support them or get involved in, in any way, there is information on their website and their socials. Um, links to which are all within the description of this episode. Um, and if you see them at a gig or a festival, go and say hello. Uh, They are a very, very friendly bunch, and I'm sure they would absolutely love to chat to you. I think that's that's all for this episode, yeah. Um, If you've enjoyed the podcast, why not give us a like or a follow on all of the social medias? Um, Most of them are at WIY Podcast, and if you know other people in general, tell them about us too. That'll be awesome. Um, Yeah, well... I will leave you to the rest of your day. Thank you very much for listening and good night.